Imagine an employee that sees his boss being behaving and misbehaving, but is promoted because he's brilliant. They think, huh, that kind of behavior is condoned, and maybe it's the way to succeed. This is the Rebel HR Podcast, the podcast where we talk to human resources innovators about innovation in the world of HR. If you're a people leader or you're looking for a new way to think about how to help others be successful, this is the podcast for you. Rebel on, HR Rebels. All right, Rebel HR listeners, I'm extremely excited for our guest today, Dr. Katrina Burris, PhD. She is the co-founder of Excellent Executive Coaching, LLC, known for fast-tracking leaders to the C-suite and beyond, and for transforming brilliant jerks into inspiring leaders. Not that anybody in HR has ever had to deal with a brilliant jerk, but maybe some of us have in the past. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Katrina, thank you so much for joining us today and want to start off the conversation with what got you interested in brilliant jerk? I'm interested in brilliant jerks. Well, I've met a few and uh, <laughs> especially at an early age, which quite perturbed me. So later on, I realized that, in fact, they were jerks, but not well-intended, put it that way, or not as badly intended as I thought. Hmm. So I made it a mission of mine to help these people that are brilliant, they have an incredible capacity that usually the companies are very keen in keeping but no one wants to work with them. Give you an example. There might be a hospital that looks all over the United States to find this surgeon that is brilliant, that has an incredible reputation. For years, they court him and finally he comes and joins the hospital and they find out that no nurse wants to work with him because he's under stress, because he's rude, because... He criticizes people in a personal way and all sorts of ways so that people, in fact, are less productive in this kind of situation and they make more mistakes. Research has shown that. So if a company really wants to keep the expertise and the brilliance of the person, then they call me to help them change their ways, their interpersonal ways. That's really interesting. And I, I can't, I'm just thinking about that scenario that I think most of us in human resources have dealt with, which is, you know, you need to approach that person <laughs> and have a, you know, an interactive discussion about, you know, the behavior and communication. So how, when you get into those situations and you're, and you're called in to help, how do you approach those individuals that are brilliant and well-meaning, but jerks? A brilliant jerk has 20-20 vision in certain areas and is a bit blind in other areas. So, for example, let's take an archetype and say this fellow is a brilliant, uh, well, you can continue with the metaphor of the heart surgeon. He's brilliant as heart surgeon, and uh, he's bringing a lot of revenue, thanks to that, by his reputation to the hospital, but into personally blind. Now, 
most would come up to him and say, you know, three people of your department have left and this is really terrible and you've got to be nicer and more personal. Well, in most cases, you're talking to the blind areas. They don't see themselves as having to be nice to people or holding their hands and they think they'll become less efficient. I'm generalizing, but they might think they're they're becoming less efficient and their role is not to hold people's hand or be fuzzy-wuzzy, you see? Mm-hmm. So you approach them where they see 2020 and you talk to them about their brilliance, about what they've achieved, to get them relaxed. And maybe you tickle their curiosity and say, uh, you know, I could. Um, there's rumors about you, both in your excellence and also about your, your interpersonal behavior. Would you like to find out a little bit more what might be impeding your career and your next step? Okay, so that's a possibility, okay? So, but really what to retain is that you have to see and talk to them and, and where they see the best is that their expertise and create a curiosity. When I do research work within the organization, how they're perceived both in their brilliance and their jerkiness, and I bring that feedback back to them, then we can talk about coaching them or changing them. Now, this is an exterior coach. Now, the role of a manager of such a type is to tell them that uh, these behaviors are not acceptable in this company and, you know, that they appreciate him, but he needs to change, etc. But as an external coach, you don't step in where line management should take the authority and do their management role of telling people when a behavior is good and when it's not acceptable. So sometimes I might even have to coach the boss of this brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Not that there's ever any brilliant jerks in management. Yes, but if there is, <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> So I'm curious because, you know, one of the things you touched on was was one of the things I'm really fascinated about. And that's kind of this, I don't know if it's new, but it's this this trend to have like this no jerk policy, right? Where the corporation comes out and has like this, like no jerks allowed, you know, and um, it has a, a focus. Does, does that actually work? Or is that just kind of like a buzzword that, that companies kind of jump on the bandwagon with? What's, what's your experience with those types of approaches? Well, I think you can work on, as an exterior coach, you work on the individual, but once they've changed, it goes back to the organization. Okay. So I'm going to take an extreme example. When you put a recovering alcoholic back in the bar with his drinking buddies, you can imagine what happens, right? The temptation is great. So if you work with this individual and you find out that the company accepts this behavior and replicates it. Because imagine an employee that sees his boss being behaving and misbehaving, but is promoted because he's brilliant. They think, huh, that kind of behavior is condoned and maybe it's the way to succeed. So not only are you trying to work with that person, but this misbehavior or this toxic behavior is going to influence others, especially if he's promoted and seen as a star, 
they probably think it's uh, it's okay. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, yeah, the no asshole, what they say uh, a bit vulgarly, is maybe an, an extreme. But I do think, like, for example, uh, you can put into place leadership's evaluation. So the leader evaluates the employee, but the employee should be able to evaluate the leader once a year. Leadership principles, why not? Okay, leadership principles by themselves, you know, you've got to behave this way and and no conflict of interest or bad behavior is this. By itself, it can create cynicism. But if it's referred to in different team organizations or in uh, different situations, then it takes a life on its own. And imagine, you have leadership principle and they say, we don't accept that someone is critiqued personally, not about the job, the task, but personally, and humiliated in front of the public. That's not acceptable behavior. Well, and someone, this brilliant jerk, does exactly that. Well, if there's leadership principle, he says, you see these leadership principles. We told you here this is not acceptable, like behavior, and uh, we witnessed you doing it in this situation. It backs out the leader of what is expected-like behavior. And also, uh, people are forewarned that this is not acceptable. But it has to be implemented. Otherwise, as I mentioned, it creates cynicism. And it has to be referred to, like, what we achieved, what are the results we want, but also how do we want to to achieve those results? Is it, uh, you know highly competitive or do we help each other out is collaborating with others and working in good teams environment is that rewarded as well so yes to your answer uh, you need you need to also work on the organization and now a word from our sponsors when molly patrick and i started to figure out how to start our own podcast we didn't know where to start thankfully we found buzzsprout Buzzsprout makes it super easy for us to upload our episodes, track our listeners, and get listed on all the major podcast networks. Today's a great day to start your own podcast. I know that you're one of our listeners, so you've definitely got something to say. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't that hard when you have the right partner. and The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. And now, for listeners of Rebel HR, you can get a $20 Amazon gift card sent to you from Buzzsprout by clicking in the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Are you looking to grow your personal brand or your business brand? Take it from me that podcasts are a great way to do it. Here's the secret. We all want to feel connected to the brands that we buy from. What better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your personal story on a podcast? I have had great success with KitCaster. KitCaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. And let me tell you, it's all about the right human connection. 
you can expect a completely customized concierge service from their staff of communication experts. Kitcaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you. For a limited time offer, listeners to the Rebel HR podcast can go to www.kitcaster.com backslash rebel to get a special offer for friends of the podcast. Rebel on. So what I heard is set the expectation and then abide by that expectation in your actions as, as a leadership team, right? And that's kind of what I heard or how I interpreted that. Yes, right. And so there's different ways of doing that. There's leadership principles, there's evaluation systems, there are, you know, when you're before a big conference in front of all employees, you say our results were here and I want to congratulate the collaboration here and we got better results because of this. So it's got to be talked about and lived. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we've talked about kind of how to, how to engage with the brilliant juror. What are some of the mistakes that can be made when you're engaging in coaching somebody who's, who's got some blind spots? Well, one, uh, you know, before you go and work with a brilliant jerk, you usually talk to their boss or the HR, right? And if you go to the brilliant jerk and say, oh, HR said this and that about you, you know, your, your role is not to report back. <laughs> it's, uh, 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 it's not- <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because, yes, because? I, I've, I've heard that. <laughs> Line no, manage- yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say it's the it's the you, you know that that's happened when you have a conversation with somebody who needs this coaching, and they are they make the comment, "Well, I don't trust HR." You know, <laughs> I mean, you can tell when somebody's ratted you out, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like you say, and when you do your research work to give feedback to this person, exactly what they do and say that gives these perceptions, because they're perceptions, but perceptions are maybe true, and what is limiting their career, basically, as well, and what they can leverage in their brilliance to succeed better, then they find it useful. But, you, you, you know, like a lot of leaders, they like data. So give them a lot of data, but neutral data, and don't interfere with his line manager. His line manager, it's his responsibility to talk to this person and say what they appreciate and what they don't. And don't interfere. It's uh, the good intention, but it's not, it's not worth it. I had to work 20 years ago, you know, my, their boss said, look, if he doesn't change, I'm going to fire him in, in three months. So, of course, I was very worried. And I went to the person and uh, I said, you know, uh, you know, I'm not sure you realize how difficult your situation is and the consequences, okay? That's not too bad, but my intent was to help him out and to see it. But that wasn't good because, again, I say it's the line manager that needs to say that. And this person was brilliant at what they do, and so they were buying more companies, and they needed his skill set, and they promoted him. So, yeah. absolutely so i know a lot of times you know this this type of behavior can 
come from a lot of different places, but but many times it comes from a, somebody being thrust into a new leadership role, maybe having additional stress placed upon them, you know, and I know in some of your research, 40% of leaders fail after 18 months in a new assignment. So how do you make sure that a leader succeeds? Yes, I just, there's two elements to your question. First, we can all be jerks at times under huge stress. What I'm talking about is someone that is chronically like this. And with intermittent spells where they can be absolutely charming. So they can confuse people because they can be charming and then extremely abrasive. And how they're abrasive is very personal and humiliating and leaves the person worse off. Then the other question, tell me again. How do you make sure that a, a leader succeeds and when, when failure is not an option? So there's a whole process, but I'll tell you... Uh, if they can get information, how they're exactly perceived in the good and in, in the less good. Uh, okay, I'm going to give you a, a sort of a story, give you an example, which is, it's a light story. Okay, But this fellow just started into a company coming from a very aggressive American, you know, results oriented and, and very good at what he did. And then he comes into... Um, a Swiss company that is very soft-spoken, everyone's opinion is respected, maybe a little bit like what we consider sometimes the Japanese culture, you know, don't confront anybody and things like that, and underplay, very underplayed, okay? Calvinist, don't show off. So this fellow didn't do anything bad. He took his freaking flyers. Uh, that he had because he had to travel a lot and went first class, right? Didn't take the company money. He just used his freaking flyers. But that was extremely badly perceived. Hmm. Why? Because the big boss of the company didn't go first class. And that culture of underplaying uh, was rampant in that company. But he didn't perceive it because he came from another corporate culture that was so different. So when you can get early on research work of how they're perceived and nip it in the bud, or you I mean you can agree with it or disagree with it, and that's for the person to decide. But to be perceived after going first class as he was pretentious, who did he think he was? Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a pity. And it can, can be avoided by having a process to help the person integrate. That's just one example. The other thing is being clear when you come into a company, what do you want to achieve? Have a vision, think it out, have your communication done beforehand, and uh, you know, really get a lot of information from the company of how ready they are to change. Some are, oh, finally, somebody's going to change this old stodgy corporate culture. And others said, oh, another leader, what is he going to change this time? Let's just wait passively and see if he flows by. <laughs> but this information you can bring back to the leader very quickly too. Absolutely. Well, I know we have just started to scratch the surface, but unfortunately we are at the end of our uh, available time uh, together. So I want to give you an opportunity to share with our listeners, how can they connect with you and learn more about some of your work and, and how to incorporate this into their uh, day-to-day -day, uh, work lives? 
Well, they can go on my website, excellentexecutivecoaching.com. You have uh, how to develop your EQ, your emotional intelligence. There's an exercise there. And there's also the 18 tips to stop abrasive behavior in a corporation. And there's a lot of quotes on leadership. So free resources, complimentary. Wonderful. And we'll have all that information in the show notes if you want to learn more. Katrina, thank you so much for the time today and and for the work that you do. This is a topic that I think is near and dear to all of our HR practitioner hearts. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. All right, that does it for the Rebel HR Podcast. Big thank you to our guests. Follow us on Facebook at Rebel HR Podcast, Twitter at Rebel HR Guy, or see our website at rebelhumanresources.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rebel HR Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any of the organizations that we represent. No animals were harmed during the filming of this podcast. Baby.